So like any other podcast that we've launched, I mean, I think this is really only the second podcast that we have launched. I don't really know what to talk about for the first episode, but it will come to me. I think we both had some questions and I have some ideas. Um, what are we targeting? An hour? Do we want to shoot for a half hour? Like, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, see, we're going to leave this in the show because we're figuring it out, right? So, uh, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> Rule number one, we're not cursing in this show. Uh, we're going to endeavor not to use curse words. We're going to endeavor not to curse. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'll happen, but we'll try not to curse. Uh, I was thinking an hour, no longer than an hour and a half for an episode. Okay. So targeted like that hour, hour 15, really generally average show length. And it's, it's going to be like this. We're just going to jump in, start talking, figure it out. Maybe take out some of those awkward pregnant pauses and uh, just jump into what we're doing. By the way, we I mean, are recording. Well, We'll figure out show notes. Yeah, I started recording audio hijack oh. before we. Uh, figure out show notes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because I'm I'm not in. So what's your experience been with? Because we, we started out with it. Well, we tried one thing. I don't know if you remember the name of it, but it was a web-based markdown solution. I don't know if you ever logged into it. but The it one that really, you put on home, uh, not home run. Is it home run? No, cloud run. Cloud run, yes. Oh, what is that box I need to get for the network so I can, uh, you know, stream using antenna and just stream HD. Oh, yes, yes. Too many two-syllable projects going on. No, I never did log into CloudRun. You mentioned that it wasn't the most intuitive, though. Yeah, I played around with it enough to, like, nope, it's not going to work as a solution. Uh, But it was a markdown, a web-based markdown collaboration platform. Don't remember the name of it. Uh, We will... maybe put it in notes put it in the show notes if i remember if we Uh, have show notes for this episode but it's not it's not really worth even investigating unless you want to go you know pull the open source project and start editing code or something like that and nobody wants to do that yep so nope google drive i mean google docs works just fine for me uh yeah we can go back to docs because i tried we tried notes and like notes just doesn't stick for me I, I never looked at notes. I think there might be some stuff in there that you would put in there. I don't know. You might want to look while, while we're talking. Uh, but I never reopened notes. I know with Google Docs, at least, and maybe this is a process we should use, is make a technically working live document and then uh, take the notes from that live document and turn them into show notes out of that. That way, if we want to edit something or we want to you know, uh, work on some automation to put data into the live document, we're only messing with one live document to, to work with. Because for the DM series, me logging into Google Docs and finding one doc that I needed to work on tended to work like for the most part did. we it we did. were working out of there i may not have created the show notes in google docs although now google docs has better support for markdown so that might change but yeah yeah google docs is probably gonna be the best solution because i didn't i mean we we the day I set up the shared folder and notes, I think it's the last time that either of us were in there. I may have gone in there after that and written something else in there, but I kind of don't like the way notes works right now. Uh, it's got a lot of functions, you know, capabilities in it, but on the Mac, like focus issues are, are focus know. issues on a lot of Mac native apps are unexpectedly frustrating. Terrible. And they're Apple's apps is the, yeah. is the really yeah. frustrating. I'm looking at you shortcuts. Yeah, that's how I was about to mention shortcuts. 
shortcuts. Uh, yeah, that that is, but that's also it is Apple stuff, right? If it was a third party app, it's like okay, they didn't get all the stuff right, but you wrote all of the code that makes all the stuff work. Like, why can't we get these things, you know, synchronized here? Maybe we're using VoiceOver wrong. Hmm. You're navigating it wrong. Yes. yes. I mean, <laughs> honestly, that would not surprise me because a lot of my voiceover um, foundational skills are from like Tiger 2006 at times, like just because that was the first Mac that I ever really used. Maybe there are better ways to do it. Um, Markdown. So you produced a piece of content that we published to the technically working feed as a prelude to the shows coming out, showing people how you use Markdown and Brett service tools to be able to turn those into a uh, rich text format. Um, I've been using Markdown I've been using Markdown in drafts a lot and I'm having an interesting issue and maybe I just need to tap enter once. If you just tap enter once, is does that make a new paragraph or does that just make a new line? Because everything that I write in Markdown, so for example, I wrote an email, I said, hey, so-and-so, and then I did my expansion, my semicolon thanks because it was an AT guys email in drafts. And then I put a new line and I wrote some more stuff. Then I put a new line. I put the steps they needed to follow as one period space, follow, you know, go here. Then I hit mm-hmm. enter and I put the two there. And then I hit enter twice at the end of that. And I typed in my last paragraph. Then I went over to the actions and I hit copy rich text as, or copy markdown as rich text. And then when I pasted it in there, hi customer's name, thank you for being the best part of AT guys was on the same line. Um, and then I went down and the next paragraph, like the couple of lines that I put there was on it, as if it was one paragraph and then it went into my numbered list or should I put a blank line between each paragraph or do you know? So I tend to put a blank line between each paragraph because when I started learning Markdown, uh, that was the the means to delineate a, a separate paragraph. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, did it did it format your list yes. correctly? Like, was that okay? Good deal. Yep. Which told me that it that it it built the mark it got the Markdown information right. It's just I think I just need to hit enter enter to make a whole new paragraph. Yeah. Uh, sometimes putting a double. I, I don't. Do I usually do it if I'm hand like handwriting a list where there's like no no assistance and and you know like with the automated you know the automatic uh, thing with drafts because you know if you're typing in drafts what Michael's talking about is when you're typing in drafts if you start a markdown list when you tap return the first time it adds another bullet point or the next mm-hmm. number in the series uh, if it's an ordered list uh, until you hit return twice to tell it like okay I'm done stop stop putting you know dashes or pluses or whatever you use for your list all right uh which is super helpful and a lot of the markdown editors have that functionality sometimes i'm writing markdown by hand so to speak like in in directly in an email message and in that case always put a double space at the end of those lines uh that usually also tells markdown when it's rendered or, or converted to put a hard you know return here so that the next thing is on its own line Gotcha. Uh, by the way, quick side note, if you use Zendesk, you can use Markdown directly within Zendesk if you were unaware of that, because I always forget until I 
I'm I'm typing away, and then I'm like, oh, I need a bold list. Enter, enter, dash, space, and then you start writing the list, and then you hit enter again, and I'll put another hyphen there. And I always forget about that until all of a sudden I have bullet dash, and I'm like, wait, no, got to delete that dash there because it's already there. Ah, uh, yeah. Sometimes web-based stuff like that trips me up, too, because you don't, and it could be a voiceover issue, right, where sometimes you something will be automatically adding the next bullet or the next number, yeah. and you don't know it because you can't really see it's there until you're, like, done and out of that kind of auto-complete mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I did not know that about. Uh, I did know if you did a regular bullet in Markdown, I mean, in Zendesk, it would start to create a list. Yep, uh, nope, I didn't you know you could markdown. do Markdown. I believe stuff. you can even use, like, the heading Markdowns and stuff like that. I I don't use headings a lot in customer emails, but maybe I should. Just to freak them out. Yeah. Yeah. I should also. Navigate this. This email is marked out with headings. Yes. Every response to your 5,000 questions in one email will be a new heading. (laughs) Maybe I should try making links in Zendesk using Markdown. I don't think I've tried that yet. That I haven't tried. I usually... It, uh, command K seems to work it everywhere does. for making a link, yes. though. Now, in, in Zendesk, you can select text, which is just fine, but navigating through text is not the most efficient. Uh, note backspacing through text. That's what I struggle with. That, 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 yeah. I, trying to correct the word. I think that's why I have developed a habit. We were talking about it, and I was like, did you ever go back, and you're like, I know I just misspelled that word, so you just, you know, what is the key command shift option left arrow to select the, the last word mm-hmm. and i actually i was like do you sometimes do that and realize that you didn't spell it wrong but you type it over anyway because you've already selected it i honestly think now that you mentioned zendesk that that is where that habit started to form for me is uh-huh. because i would be in zendesk and i would mistype something i know it was wrong and can't really backspace well because it doesn't speak to character so i just select the whole word and then start typing it over so I just learned something about do not disturb. If someone sends you one message um, to you, and then they send a second message, and then they send a third message, and you're in do not disturb, the third message comes through, apparently. Really? At least it did for me. Desiree just sent me three messages. I only got the most recent one, but I've been do not disturb. Or maybe, let me see when she sent the first message. She, yeah, it's very possible she sent the first messages, and I just ignored it because it came at 2.50 and I was getting ready for this call. So, yeah. So you had something you wanted to bring up. Do you remember what that was? Nope. See, this but is why. You have, that's why we should have show notes, right? Yes. Let's see, we're, we're working on it. We are, we are, we are working technically working. Yeah. Uh, but you have started back something that I need to start doing again, which is using Timery and Toggle for time tracking. Oh, Oh, you are hilarious. No, so I did. I started time tracking again yesterday, and that's to the extent of the time tracking that I've done using Timery. (laughs) I did not track any time today, aside from the time that was tracked in Gusto. And so that's why I kind of laughed and said, you're hilarious, because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It Mainly, the, the the main reason for me doing it is twofold. Number one, I, I feel like we've we've talked about this over the years a couple of times. I just I, I look back at 
the last month. And I'm like, what did I do all month? Like what, what did I accomplish? What are some tasks that I got finished? And I know I did some things, but I don't really have a way of tracking that information. But secondly, I'm involved in several different ACB affiliates and I just signed up for a new one today. And these affiliates, when you're involved in volunteer work, would really like a record of the hours that you put into a project. And so I figured, what's the easiest way to do that? Timery is the easiest way, kind of. And the reason I say kind of is because my thought was, hey, I'll just jump in with it on the Mac and go in there and start a timer and and make any edits and stuff like that. And then I looked at the Mac app and that's a pile that that that's a very complicated tool to use. And it, I don't know. I don't know. Just a quick side note. I would leave that. Well, I wouldn't leave I, it in. I would. Yeah. Edit it out. With like Cause it is beat. kind of a pilot. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, it's a, whatchamacallit. What, what, what are these apps? Uh, Catalyst. Catalyst apps, right? They're all terrible. They are. They are. Like I have, yeah. I feel the way about them that most people feel when they hear Electron app, right? That That is how I feel about Catalyst apps. And it has been proven to me thanks to, uh, one, Microsoft. Got to give credit where credit is due. VS Code is a very well done Electron app, right? Mm-hmm. I don't much care for it as an editor, but personally, but because it doesn't work the way that my brain does, but it is very well done. One password, you know, with, with some exceptions of just <laughs> accessibility glitches, um, is a very good example of an Electron app. Um, I have not seen such a thing when it comes to Apple's Catalyst applications, whether it's theirs or whether it's a third-party developers. None of them are fun. I refuse to... Well, sorry, I refuse. Do I refuse to use them? Maybe. Possibly. Well, I did use Dystopia for a little bit on, on the Mac. I don't mind Dystopia. Is that Catalyst too? Like dystopia is not horrible. I'm assuming that it is because it's is essentially. I don't think you wrote it for the Mac. Uh, there's also another app that I'm What's using. WhatsApp is pretty well, good. You know what? They can't all be Catalyst though, because so there's an app that I'm beta testing that's in beta right now for iOS, and in test flight it shows up as available to install on the Mac. So I installed it on the Mac, and mm-hmm. it works re- fairly well. Uh, I I don't have really anything to say negative about it and they've continued and i keep sending feedback every time i use it on the mac to say hey you know i was actually using this on an m2 air uh not on you know my phone or or, or whatever just so you're aware that like one this works over here too make sure you don't ignore the fact that it works over here uh because it's going to be awesome when it comes out yeah um, WhatsApp beta is a catalyst app. I just looked it up to make sure. And that's not a horrible experience either. I guess okay. what, what makes it so, so discouraging is some of Apple's apps that are catalyst apps. All of like, Apple's apps that are catalyst apps. What the hell are you are doing? Terrible. Apple? <laughs> like they, they're, they are horrible. Yeah. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. And to head off, you know, any feedback, we got to figure out a feedback email address. Feedback that's technically working. Uh, that uh, we don't. That, oh. That's not a. That's not a domain. Yeah, yeah. I got technically dot works, but I don't know if we had that. And I didn't really like that one either. Uh, TW at payo.media. There you go. I was about to say that. <laughs> so to head off any feedback that you can send to TW at wait no it should be your own pay dot com. That's oh, where yeah. the podcast yeah. is. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
See, if we were, we're doing a bootleg. Working. If we were getting, the, if we were doing a bootleg version of this show, man, like that should be a perk when we start doing a uh, supporter, <laughs> a supporter tier. Like you should get to hear the stuff that we don't leave in the show. Oh, Demasi, I'm just leaving all this stuff in. <laughs> Can't leave all of it. I know, I know. Uh, but we can't but, also sell all of it to people either. Cause no, no, I, I I wouldn't even make that. Or, like, that would just be a sort of a, yeah, you know, yeah, you want to support the show, it's a bonus sort of thing. I like the way ATP did there. It's like, they, they give you a bootleg feed, which is just the raw audio from them recording from Zoom, just just the Zoom recording. Uh, that, that's nice. Huh. But it is more so their whole, you know, member program is just hey you want to support the show because they started it like you know when everybody else was was trying to figure out how to adjust to losing a bunch of uh advertising in the podcasting space gotcha uh, so it literally was not a thing where it's like oh sign up and we're going to give you all these perks it's like no if if you're able to and you want to support our show here's how you do it you know uh one thing that we'll, you know, offer to people is a bootleg version of the show so you can hear exactly what the, basically what the live audience hears when they're live streaming, right? So there's nothing cut out. Everything is pretty much there. Right. Even down to Casey cursing and Marco in the background very lowly saying beep. So I guess he can look at the, the waveform and see what he said <laughs> beep and know that he needs to edit a curse word. Like left in just like that uh, is, is what you get in their bootleg feed. Hey, oh, I it, like that idea. So if you go to yourownpay.com slash TW, you can get information about how to contact us. We'll have to update this page with that. And maybe we'll put a support us page there. So if you support us, then you can get something there. You, you'll get something. But if you just want to support our show, because listen, I'm going to be honest. Like, we're both extraordinarily busy, too. And it has crossed my mind. So... Let me let me let me back up a little bit. Tell people how this show got to be existing. So me and Mike didn't want to do a podcast. We do podcasts damn near every day. Honestly, uh, we're just talking to ourselves though, uh, uh, between ourselves. Nobody gets to hear those conversations. <laughs> uh, but we did want to do a show, and we wanted this one to be a little bit more focused. And I, I know this initial episode seems like we're not, but there's actually a method to the madness here. Uh one, we're we're kind of giving people an insight into what we're doing, what we're working on, how we're working, and you know things that we're pursuing. Uh, one aspect of the show is going to be uh, me and Michael's accountability, so that if we say, "Hey, we're gonna, I'm gonna work on this thing," like if I ask Mike the question, I'm gonna ask him in a little bit, and he says he's gonna do it. The next time we record, he's got to report on what happened there, or did he do it? Right, right. So there's that aspect of the show. We want to share how we're working with people because as a small business owner for both of us being small business owners and also working for, you know, another small business and being so tightly connected to even more small businesses, we encounter similar problems across the board. Some of them are accessibility related. Some of them are not. Some of them are just, you know, technology issues. And we want to talk about that stuff because we talk about it anyway. We figure we let other people listen into our conversations. So you're welcome. You have a show now. Uh, <laughs> yep. But one idea that has crossed my mind that I have not mentioned to Mike is like, we could just sporadically release the show. Like just say, hey, stay subscribed. And when we have time to uh, work on this, we will record and publish an episode. I don't want to go there, but I'm going to be honest. Like, you know, we're that both extraordinarily busy. <laughs> it sounds like something that may work because like, I mean, this is going to be a busy summer, dude. Like, it's going to be a super busy summer. The spring is busy. So, one, stay subscribed. Keep following whatever the 
terminologies are using the day. Even if we don't if we don't publish things, especially if you want things like for those listening on the live stream, because Mike does have a large Facebook following. <laughs> don't know what that's from. Go listen to the trailer episode. Go listen and, to the trailer episode. And, and, man. and I felt kind of cool doing that. Thank you, Loopback. Yeah, man. So, um, yeah, we, 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 we don't really have plans to do that, but life may take us there. That's why the show is called Technically Working, because when we show up to do the show, we want to talk about what we're working on and what's going on, but sometimes work may supersede that. However, I'm saying all of that to say this. If you want to support the show and maybe ensure that we keep doing episodes more routinely, go to yourownpay.com slash TW and uh, find out how to, how, to, how to do that there. And we're not promising you anything except that we'll keep publishing a show. Like, we're not going to give you a mug. There's not going to be any stickers. There's none of that going on. Oh, it's just, no. hey, you like to come. Nope, not doing any <laughs> stickers. Nope, no merchandise. No nothing. Hey, not Kate. promising anything. <laughs> not promising anything. There may be something. If you support us and we get, you know, six months, seven, eight months into this thing, we we, we may... Uh, or, or or like the show if if you support us and we have your address you, if from Stripe or something you may just randomly get something in the mail who knows that that is possible you know, uh, you know there, there are some shows that talk about giving away stuff that they have that they're not using that you know apparently they never do this thing they just talk about doing <laughs> <laughs> but that my, can happen too where's my coffee mug Marco it was <laughs> <laughs> My water bottle. Yeah, know. that's what I meant. Where's my water bottle, Mark? Who I, won I, the contest? I, I, yes. Like who who, yes. who won the drawing or whatever? Like, you know, what's really going on, man? And that coming up, it may not be just Demasi and I on Technically Working, too. Uh, the last show that we ran, the DM series, kind of tied us into it having to be us. But uh, there's a possibility, especially for other shows that we're working on too, it, that we might bring a guest in to tell us how do you, what's your workflow? How do you get things done? And what are some of the things with technology that you struggle with? Because I imagine this happens for Demasi, but it happens for me quite regularly. You might be talking to someone and they're like, yeah, I struggle with, you know, formatting my documents. And instantly like that, I'm like, oh, you need Markdown. Like it's little things that sometimes people struggle with for mm -hmm. a long time that I know we could probably help them with. I'm thinking of some automation tasks or, you know, some, some markdown stuff or other things that come up as well. Right. There, there's a lot of things like that. I've like, I, I think I was telling Michael this yesterday. Uh, I've had conversations with people where, you know, they call me or we connect uh, in Zoom or, or, you know, somehow do we end up talking business and, you know, they're reaching out for one particular thing. I can work with this person for, I've had one person, I worked with them for a whole year and a half. Before I realized one issue they were having, I had the most simplest solution in the world for that and didn't know they had the problem. Yep. So, uh, you know, bringing on other people is a thing that we want to do to hear from them. What was I talking with Marty about? Oh, switching the control option to caps lock key with voiceover. Like he knew about that. He, he had was aware of the fact that that was a thing that you could do, but until I made the comment the way that I made it, it just didn't really click with him. Now he uses caps lock for his VO modifier for everything. Yeah, I, I have, um, yeah, we made that transition. What maybe not too long ago, I started working for AT guys. I think is when we 
Yep. At least when I made that transition, because, you know, the shortcuts in Zendesk are tied to control option. That's about the same time I made that transition, too, because up until you started, I was on Windows, and then you started, so I jumped over to the Mac, because so, I was already familiar with the processes, and that way I could say, hey, try doing this, and then... I upgraded to Ventura and I'm like, it ain't working. And then you, you upgraded and things weren't working for you either. So I'm glad to know it wasn't just me, but you know. No, I went back down to uh, Monterey. Uh, I think that's what I'm on. 12, whatever Mac OS 12 is, I'm going to stop trying to really keep track of the names of these places in California that I've I never went to the visited. previous version. <laughs> yeah, you know. 12 at the time of listening to this episode. I am on Mac OS 12.6.8. Three, I think, or six point one something. I don't know what I'm on. Anyway, I'm on Mac OS twelve because uh, Ventura is uh, is rough. However, uh, we'll warn people before you downgrade from uh, Ventura if you're thinking of doing such a thing because it's a problem for you. Uh, you're not going to be able to connect your iOS devices that are running sixteen or later to your Mac and have them. You know, be able to do updates or or, or go to uh, recovery mode or any of that stuff. And I know this because I was trying to restore my iPad because I had set it up one night, you know, wiped it, set it up one night, really did not remember what the password was that I put in for it. So I was like, you know, I hadn't done anything on it because I've never been able to get back into it. So we'll just go to restore recovery mode and restore it. Yeah. So I had to update my Mac Mini to Ventura so I could actually restore my iPad. Uh, which I'm now using a little bit more. Good, good. I have an iPad on the desk out in the dining room that I keep saying I'm going to use more, and I don't. Although, although I will say, I should. Do they make a USB A to Lightning adapter? Because I'm thinking this keyboard I use right now would be great on the iPhone. Though Jeff broke my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> And and when I told him, he texted me at midnight laughing. And I'm like, thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate the support. <laughs> For those who don't know, I, I, I took the plunge of importing all of the podcasts Jeff is subscribed to. And that broke my overcast. And now literally going through anything in overcast takes like five seconds every time you want to flick something because it's got all these background processes running. I'm at the point where I might just, just destroy my entire overcast, uninstall it, and then reinstall it. The problem I have with that is if I, if I reinstall it and then I choose one of the backups, it just goes to the same thing. So, uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta actually talk with Jeff and see if he has that issue because it could be something to do with my 12 or, or this is Jeff's way of getting me to upgrade to the 14 right before the 15 comes out. Mm. so considering that during one of the early betas of overcast that jeff broke it i wouldn't have did what you did i'm just saying i would have went through <laughs> hey, the xml file and looked at it like oh that show looks interesting well, what about that show here, that, or that, i would have imported them into a second podcast player to see what all was there and then decided what ooh, I wanted to bring maybe i will re-download castro to do that i'm, I'm just afraid that i'm going to get sucked back into the castro world and start paying 20 dollars a year for my freaking podcast app but um that 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 might be an idea or another thing that i might you just so import I, them into apple podcast man like just no you can't <laughs> you can't I, I don't think you can you can't export i don't know if you can import Actually, I never use the podcast app that much. Apple? Uh, okay. We, we, I, I, I will not. 
I will not flame bro Apple for that because I don't know either. I'm assuming that you can. I would be shocked if you cannot. Like, who makes a podcast app that doesn't allow you to import and export your feeds? Tell you what, stay possibly sub- Apple. Stay subscribed, and I will check on that and come back and let you know. See, we need to figure out, Demasi, a way to keep track of these things too. Is that a Todoist project of stuff to follow up with on the show, or is that a Google Doc of? Well, of- let's talk about that. So, one, I was going to loop back to another thing, but you brought up a whole another topic. So, you have been trying out reminders recently. Have you been sticking with that? Because I know you said you just put Todoist back on your phone like yesterday. So, um, so yes, I've been, you've been using reminders. I've been How's using been reminders. It's going fairly well for reoccurring reminders. Um, and, and for something like if Mallory, for example, I used it yesterday, Mallory said, Hey, can you remind me that I have a meeting at one tomorrow? And I said, sure. So I added a reminder at 12 o'clock. Hey, Mallory has a a meeting at one. And I just did that by shouting out into the air because home pods have, have slowly invaded their ways into my home. So I just shouted into the air. Hey, remind me tomorrow at noon that Mallory has an appointment at one. Honestly, I didn't know what time it was going to remind me, so I'm glad to know that it reminded me at noon about her appointment at 1. I downloaded Todoist yesterday. I forget exactly why. I think I was going to play with Shortcuts and Todoist to see if I can control Todoist with my voice from the HomePods using Shortcuts, I think was Uh my intention, because I really like Todoist. It's everywhere, and I'm using it for work, and I'm also using it uh, on the computer because actually the Mac experience is pretty pleasant. I'm, I'm... I'm happy to say, but reminders is also something that I use with Marty for unmute and all the stuff that we're doing over there. And it works for him. It works for me. And right now we have a reoccurring reminder every day that reminds me to check my reminders. And what I do is I check to see if there's anything due today. And if there's not, then I am now also going into Todoist and marking some stuff off that gets thrown into the inbox and, and stuff like that. I will say though, Reminder systems such as Todoist or Reminders or or To Do, I think simplifying it is what's going to help me use it more. We can have all these projects, but honestly, do I go look at those other projects? No. Most of the time, I log into my inbox or I look at today. Those are the two sections I typically look at in Todoist. That's an interesting thought uh, because I I've been somewhat doing that in a lot of cases now uh, and i think i just kind of stumbled into it it was not a plan at all but with to do is what i've been doing is just adding stuff to the inbox and using labels i'm gonna say tag at some point but what i mean is labels mm-hmm. and to do is uh to kind of highlight like you know what maybe area of life that that focuses on so is it a customer thing is it a you know bedrock innovations administrative task i need to make sure i don't forget like you know maybe paying my taxes or something like that or is it you know something personal or just random like and if it's just something random i don't or or something to follow up on i'll put a follow-up you know label on it right and i found that to be as you said like a little bit more helpful so the only time i actually have to deal with projects is if i'm sharing a project with someone else and then one i'm a little bit more likely to check that at some point especially if there's something with a due date like that's the other thing too is like remembering to put those due dates now for me that has been failing a little bit the past couple of months because i don't seem to be getting any notifications from todoist what if you worked out of your today viewer do you look look at your today view much 
I do actually use the today. So my default when I open to do is, is is for it to go into the today view. Uh, it's funny, my default inbox right now. <laughs> but I thought about changing that to go to today. And then for those who don't know, if you just type, this is on Mac or Windows. Windows, you disable your virtual viewer or browse mode if you're using the app or the web interface. But you just type GT and that'll take you to today or GI for go to inbox or GP and then start typing the name of the project and then use your down arrow key. That sometimes fails for me. I don't know why. Maybe I have extra characters in there, but GP is the pretty much put you into the quick search, really. Yeah, yeah. And it just goes ahead and starts filtering. Like when you do GP, it filters by uh, project. You know, project. So when you're typing, it's only searching projects or trying to match projects that you have. Uh, there's a few other little handy shortcuts like that. Q works everywhere. Yes. You're in Todoist. Just hit that Q to quickly add a task. How do you add tasks to Todoist? Mm, typically with a keyboard shortcut on the Mac. Did you uh, assign it or was it already there? No, I think I changed it. It was may have been there already, but I, I changed it. So mine is actually Command, Control, Shift, T, and that opens up Todoist. Uh, and I think I have Control, Shift, Q is my quick add. So that brings up the quick add dialog for uh, Todoist. That's normally how I add stuff. Either I'll go to Todoist first or I'll, I will... Uh, you know, hit the quick add shortcut and then type in, you know, the date, you know, all, all the information there and then hit save. Uh, after what I normally do it, I don't use it a lot from the phone, honestly, other than to look at things and check off things has been kind of where I falling at with my usage of Todoist. And I'm kind of getting to be that way with a lot of applications on the phone, like email, for example, I will triage email. So like I may go through and delete some stuff uh, and, and kind of note that, oh, I need to come back and deal with that email and respond to it uh, from the phone. But then I won't actually reply to any emails until I'm sitting at the Mac with a keyboard. And part of that is the keyboard thing because I'm really getting, I think I'm kind of burned out on typing on glass. Like it's, it's, it was a very novel and interesting thing to be able to do smoothly in the early days mm -hmm. of the iPhone. But at, at this point in 2023, I'm like, mm, you know, sometimes it's just so tedious. Like I, I just don't. I've been switching like, to BSI more because it's just, it, it's, it's more faster. reliable and it's faster. And then you get to elements where it's like BSI isn't working for this. So I need to figure that out. But yeah, um, just so people know, because I tried this to see if it was a default command control shift T. If you have something highlighted in finder, we'll add that to the doc. So just be aware of that. <laughs> Wait, what did you press? Command control shift T. Ah. Yeah, that, that's what I just pressed. And did that say add? Uh, do you have something highlighted in Finder? Because it did no, not. No, I'm not in. No, I'm not in Finder. Okay. No. Okay. Uh -huh. But does that open your Todoist? Yep, it does. So now go to Finder and uh, try that and see if it opens Todoist or if it adds something to the doc. And then you can VO Shift M on the item that's added to the right side or to the far right side of the dock, or just tap left arrow when you get there. And then VO Shift M to Options, press Enter, and then press Remove from dock, and it plays a cool little whooshing sound. Okay, let's see. Uh, there's a blind shell folder. Let's hit that shortcut. Oh, it opened to do this. Yeah. I must have somehow disabled that. Yeah. Or I, I do remember having that happen and I couldn't figure out why it kept telling me add it to the doctor. I, I remember that happening. And I was like, what is going on? Oh, I did not know that was a shortcut. Right, me neither. It. I'm like, yeah, that is that that could be useful. I will never type that, but that could be useful. Hold on, let's now, see if I do this. Let's try it in, in, in an actual window because I was just on the desktop. 
Okay. Well, hold on. Let me check to see if it may have actually added it to the doc and, and just didn't also tell open you to do it. open yeah. to do it at the same time because that could happen. Um, one thing that you should either record as a demo for the technically working or unmute or we can just follow up on is the process you went to to add that quick add keystroke because that works anywhere in Mac OS, right? Com- control, yep. shift, Q or whatever you said. Yep. Because that is useful. So one of the reasons why I also looked at Todoist as well is, and we go back to the Catalyst app thing, reminders for me can be challenging to navigate. And uh, I, I have issues with finding the tasks that I need to complete in reminders sometimes. And when I jump into Todoist, all I have to do is use my arrow keys and E and that will complete it. So that's one do of the Do you problems. realize how ridiculous that sounds for you to have just said that? Why? Like, well, not ridiculous for you to say that. Oh, uh, oh. Let me say that again. You'll understand why I said that when I get to the point. Uh, do you realize how ironic it is for you to say that? When towards coming up, I would say the middle to ending part of the DM series, we were really, really reaching out and trying to hit Todoist about accessibility on the desktop app, right? Uh-huh. But here we are in 2023, and you basically have just said that the experience using Todoist on the desktop is better than using Apple's reminders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it now. Uh, like I'm in reminders right now and I'm using my arrow keys and I hear reminder list search text field. If I press VOJ, it brings me to pin list that says today. And then I use my arrow keys and nothing happens. So I have to use my VO arrow keys and it's just, it's it's clunky um, where I can just hit command space. Thank you for this keystroke, Demasi. Type in T-O and hold D, and that opens the application of Todoist. And then I just use my arrow keys, and now I see the task that I have. And I say, hey, uh, I, I completed that task, so I can go ahead and complete that with bar, or with Bart, with... <laughs> so I completed that task, so I can just hit E to edit that or to complete that, and then I hear the fancy little noise. And maybe it's the noise that keeps bringing me back to Tinder. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that, 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 you, you seem to have an affinity for that, that, that completing a task and to do his thing. Yeah, like, it's so just true, so right? satisfying. I, I had to ask JJ, do you want me to complete this? I'll complete it for you. Don't worry about it. He, he wanted the satisfaction. <laughs> See, so it's not just me. I noticed that. I, I, I noticed that. That was funny. Like, oh, apparently JJ is starting to get those endorphins too from just completing the task and to do it. So I wanted to loop back to something you were talking about earlier because I did want to legitimately ask this question. Um, so you you picked up Timery uh, again and trying it out on the on the Mac. And just for clarity's sake, for for me to say this, and I know you agree, like the iPhone app for, for uh, Timer is great. Like the iOS app is 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 excellent. Like I, I love it. Uh, the guy who's behind it, I don't know his name. I believe it's Joe, but I don't know if that's just a connected joke also. So uh, the timer developer, appreciate it. Great work on iOS. I don't really hold him completely responsible for the Mac app necessarily because I, I, I know from listening to a lot of developers that there are a lot of tools that are not there or that don't work or are poorly implemented at the moment with uh, Catalyst and Swift UI and et cetera, so on and so forth. But my question for you is, you are a setup user. Uh, so have you tried any of the other 
time tracking apps in set app on the Mac. So remember, Demasi, we had a conversation the week between Christmas and New Year's Day, and we both said, hey, I'm going to start New Year's Day and track my time with one of these cool tools that are available in Setup. <laughs> How's it going for you, Demasi? I do remember this conversation. I remember this. I forgot about it on New Year's, though. I so... I tried the not timings one, but the other one that's in there and it looked like it was going to work great. And then I went to go do something and something was like, I couldn't interact with it or navigate it. And honestly, at, after I played with that, I'm like, oh, Demasi's going to play with timings. I think was the one that you were looking at. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to worry about it. But then I realized you weren't actually tracking your time. So I went to Timery just because it's one of those that I know it will work. And, and honestly, if... I need to track my time and, and get reports and be more reliable about that. I can, I have the flexibility of pulling data from Timery if, if, if that's doable and I haven't pulled that much data right now from there, but it also gives me the flexibility of pulling reports through toggle. And, and I think that's what keeps me there is yes, I'm logged in, I'm locked into the toggle system to track my time, but because toggle offers an API, there are alternative ways to be able to pull that data. Maybe chat right. GPT can give me a tool that would allow me to, to log in with my API credentials and pull a report and summarize that data for me with a keystroke or something like that. And I don't know, but you have that flexibility versus using a closed in something like timings or something else where all the data is stored in a database on your Mac that you may lose because it's not synchronized with any accounts. And because you're not backing up using Backblaze, which you should be doing. Yes. Uh, Head on over to Bedrock Innovations for more information. I don't if you go to yourownpay.com slash uh, TW backups, oh, uh, oh, that will redirect you and get you a, um, it'll help support the show if you use that link to sign up for Backblaze if you're not a Backblaze user. Look at Demasi making more work for himself before this goes live. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's that's, that's a fairly easy easy one to set up right there. Yeah, yeah. Or you got the redirect plug-in in place. But yeah, that's, that's why I went back to Timery and didn't really explore any other one. So no, I have not played with setup right now. The only apps that I I'm am going to give using- you a tip. Hold on. I'm going to give you a tip though, before I do want to hear what apps you're using to set up. Uh, but I'm going to give you a tip to try though, to see if it works better for you on the Mac at least. Um, because I did this at one point in time and I just hadn't set it back up again. I actually didn't find the toggle desktop app to be as horrible as, you know, other people seem to think it is. Huh. Um, I never even tried it. And it was, it, it, it was okay when I last used it. Like I wouldn't try to do a lot in it, but just being able to start and stop timers and maybe check what was running and stuff like it, it was actually fairly usable. And Michael right now, I can hear him typing, is typing in brew install <laughs> toggle. Uh, I think you have to actually get it out of the Mac app store possibly though. Yeah. I couldn't find it. That's funny. You knew exactly what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> you could try mas space search and then uh toggle and, and then install it that way so uh <laughs> i will i heard try i heard the i heard the keyboard go that's how i do it you was like he went straight to but no, i think straight it's to actually, back, actually uh i think it's in the back out store uh, the toggle desktop app but I, I did find that to be a little bit more useful like you though I do agree that I, I sort of think I can I think that's one of the reasons that keeps me kind of tied to 
Todoist is the fact that there's a one is cross platform is everywhere. So even if I'm testing on another device or something like that, I can pull up Todoist. And the fact that there's an API, which means there's, you know, the possibility for me to create my own tools that don't exist in the world to fit the way that I want to work with Todoist uh, versus being locked into an environment where the only way for me to try to possibly automate this or interact with it differently will be depending on shortcuts, which as we mentioned earlier in the show is a pile of crap at the moment. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Darcy seems to be liking it. What the hell is visible password for Safari? Why would I want my password? This is why I don't use mass search a lot. I did find the toggle, but man, some of the results like, how did you get there? Like mm-hmm. Lenny pop app at what <laughs> mass install paste. But yeah, I am going to also be working on toggle. Um, we can, we can save this from, from you for, for a, another show, but I'm curious if anybody else listening to this is using toggle. How did you set it up? Because I tend to, and maybe I'm mm. overthinking mm. it, but I oftentimes feel like I start off using it in one way and I'm like, you know, this really isn't working for the way that I'm working. Uh, you know, I've tried doing the whole, you know, add a client and then add a project for that client, but then you can't reuse that project name. So let's say you put something in like, I don't know, uh, security remediation on your WordPress server or something. And, mm-hmm. you know, well, not as tied to that specific customer, but I may do similar things for other customers. The so answer is pay for toggle, Damasi. Pay for toggle? Yeah, because I think you can tr- set up multiple separate clients for toggle itself and in your toggle account, and then you can have projects inside of clients if you pay for it, I think. Mm-hmm. I thought the, okay. I'll, I'll look into that. I, I thought the way the clients were, because I have several clients in my toggle now. Oh, okay. Uh, Maybe it's just... Is you, you can't reuse a project or... name. So I, I'll give you a better example for you, right? You are editing a podcast, right? Let's yep. just say you, you have the time tracking as editing podcasts. Um, well, I don't think you're able to... There's There's something that didn't work for my brain or something, or I just didn't figure it out right. Let's say you have, uh, you know, customer A, customer B, right? Mm-hmm. And you edit podcasts for both of them. Well, how do you know which customer you were actually editing the podcast for? Because mm-hmm. you you it ties that project, I think, to the client if you do it that way. Good. Now, if you just go create a project and don't associate it with a client, then you can, you know, do whatever you want to do. But if you associate the first client with podcast editing, well, anytime you're podcast editing, that contributes to the time you're spending on their stuff. One solution I have thought of, uh, and I haven't implemented it yet because I need to actually get back to using Toggle, which I really need to start doing because you know people are making me track time if I want to get paid, or at least the be- better practice for me if I want to get paid would be to start tracking my time so I will be more inclined to invoice said person. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, what I have thought about doing is just using, you know, descriptive names for what I'm doing as to, as the, the task, uh, or, or whatever. And then using the tags to associate it with a, a specific customer or specific area of the business. I don't know. Anybody else have any ideas, you know, reach out, you can go to your own slash TW, leave some feedback there. Uh, I'm on Mastodon, I think. You think? 
<laughs> so people have been setting up their own Mastodon instances at masto.host. I'm not going there. But I've thought about maybe I should just set up just just a single instance just for me so I can have my name at Bedrock Innovations or Bedrock. Bedrockinnovations.social is way too long, though. Uh, Mystic Access did that. They set up their I saw that instance. in the email that yeah. You, you, yeah. Yeah, that came in the other day. Yeah. I, I was like, huh. Is that what gave you the idea? Um, so it had been floating around, but then when I saw I saw that uh, Mystic Access had done, I was like, huh, okay, yeah, that 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 does look kind of looks a little better than you know twit.social. My concern is that people are going to see that, especially older people who are not not tech savvy, and think, oh, he changed his email because it looks way too much like an email. It does, and that's one of the reasons I kind of don't want to do it either, is because it looks too much like an email address. Uh, so I installed Toggle, got signed in, edited one of the projects that I had worked on because here's one of the things that I discovered with Timery while I was using it uh, two days ago is you can't, it, I don't want to say can't, it is not intuitive enough to be able to edit the description of the task that you're adding. And Toggle, you just tab into that and you can start editing it. This Toggle app looks pretty cool. Like I, I almost don't know why I need Timery now. I don't mm, Because the iOS app. It's terrible for toggle. But do I do much tracking on iOS? And, and well, that's the question to ask yourself. Or could you just make some shortcuts to start yeah. toggle from the iPhone? Right, yeah, like that, that's that really what be. Timery is doing. It's just shortcuts to start toggles. Well, it's just talking to the API. I yeah, mean, uh, you should probably do some searching on MacStories.net uh, because before Timery existed, Federico Vitici was creating a lot of shortcuts and structures like the framework for shortcuts for you to build out yourself upon to meet your needs uh, that connected to the Toggle API. I will do that and follow up with people the next time we record for Technically Working. Uh, real quick, back to setup apps that I am using currently. I am not using very many. Um, and Someone might ask, is it worth paying for it? For me, it is because these are apps that I know about that I would have probably never paid for in the past. Like it's just there now so I can go try it out. And that was me stumbling over my words while I reorganized Finder to sort by name so I could find my setup app. Uh, I'm sorry, setup folder. So I'm using AirBuddy, CleanMyMacX, Downy, OpenIn, Permute, and that is it right now. What about you? What are you using in setup? Let me take a quick look. For those who did not know, you can use Control Option Command 4 to sort your finder by the last modified date, or Control Option Command 1 to sort your finder by uh, alphabetical names. And that is one of the, the, the more keystrokes that I've been using. Uh, I really should set up like a customized keystroke so I can just use this numpad right here to my uh, right and just tap like period and that sorts by name or, you know, three and that sorts by, by uh, time mm. or, or period and zero. And then that, that actually might be what I might look into doing uh, because right now I love this control zero keystroke that I have the open sound source, and then I can reroute audio anywhere or adjust the volume. Finally bought that and well worth the money. That was my way of filling time while Demasi went and looked for his setup folder. So I didn't, I just opened up setup and I navigated to on this Mac. Oh. And I can tell you what's here. Oh, there you go. I used to have Solver, but I'm not really using it that much. Although yesterday I was adding some numbers up. I wish I had Solver on here. 
Uh, yeah, Solver is one of the apps I'm using. Also, looking at my setup folder wouldn't have solved the problem for me because I do have one app and, well, a couple of apps, and one of which happens to be Solver that is not in the setup folder. I moved it out to just a regular applications mm. folder because there's a Solver command line tool, which I haven't started using yet, but I can foresee some ways that I would make use of that uh, to... Um, you know, automate some some calculations of stuff. Uh, but in order for that tool to work, it looks for it in slash application slash solver dot app slash, you know, uh -huh. blah, blah, blah. So I just moved it instead of trying to go edit the, the thing, the config file. Uh, so what I have installed right now, let's see. Will you let me, will you let me, nope, it's not going to let me filter. Okay, so these are not going to be in alphabetical order. But I am using OpenIn, uh, AirBuddy, Permute, Solver and Downy uh, are what I currently have installed. Uh, hold on, that's not it. Marked uh, is also an app that I have installed. So that's it. So not a lot for me. Not nearly as many as I have been using in the past from uh, sound source. I mean, uh, setup. But these I'm actually using versus having a bunch of stuff installed and that I tried and then didn't continue using. Uh, clean my Mac is one that I need to install. Uh, that that is a useful app. Setup for me is worth it uh, because, as as you pointed out, Michael, one there's there's a lot of apps that I just would not have spent the money on. Better uh, Better Zip is one I don't have it installed at the moment on this Mac, uh, but Better Zip is is one of those apps that I I don't think I would ever actually spend the money for because it is like a glorified zip unzip utility. However. Because it's in setup, I have used it quite extensively. And one of the best features of it is you can quick look a uh, zip file. Can you quick her. look a RAR file? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. I don't, I don't remember how I found these RAR files, but all of a sudden I had a couple of RAR files with uh, audio elements on it. I'm like, I don't know about this. However, because they were all audio, if you open a RAR file and you have VLC installed, VLC will pull it all up as a playlist and you can just tap right arrow to skim through the audio files if you didn't know that. Oh, that is handy. I need to install VLC. I use VLC as my radio streamer. So right now I have all of my stations in a folder in Dropbox called stations. And then I index that folder in uh, launch bar. So now if I want to listen oh, to nice. KD UK, which is a local top 40 station, all I have to do is type K and hold the letter D because I set up a custom abbreviation. Um, and, and so it's always K and one other letter that gets me to the station that I've downloaded the PLS file for and then renamed. Handy. Super handy. Yep, yeah. it's like having your own little radio tuner on the Mac, and then uh, because my levels are set in VLC, and VLC remembers those levels, it's not startling when it starts playing. And if I have to, I can just hit Control Zero and mute VLC real quick if I'm on a call or something, and I need to pay more attention. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Uh, Open in, of course, is the app that uh, I need to re-record my tutorial yes, on, so it can publish it. Yeah, I had to remember how to use it <laughs> <laughs> open in is one of those apps that once you get it configured the way you want to you barely ever touch it again but that is the app that lets you is and there are many apps like this out there i happen to like this one because it has some clever features in it and it's also free and set up so i don't have to worry about paying for it um but 
open in, lets you choose from which browsers. It also has the ability for you to set defaults for specific file types or file names as well. But I primarily use it to uh, switch over to a browser. So, for example, I have to add a rule, which I will record doing that when I do it. So that when I click a clean feed link, it automatically opens up in Chrome. Um, or when you click the Zoom link, it automatically opens up in Zoom. That one I did fix. I just got to delete it and re-add it now and, and record that process. Because uh, Zoom, the Zoom one is actually fairly easy because they basically give you the script that you need uh, for that one in there. Because I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people like that. But yeah, it does bypass the browser. Uh, My favorite go feature to Zoom. about OpenIn is... Sometimes, you know, someone will send me a link and, and, and Demasi's talking about getting this automated, but I also like the fact that when I click a link at first, it irritated me, but when I click a link, it gives me all the browsers. Do you want to open this in Chrome? Do you want to open this in Edge? Or do you want to open this in Safari or Firefox? And I can just pick one of those and open it there. Now, is there a way to trigger that once you set a default to pop, to, to prompt you? Like if you hold shift down when you click a link, will it prompt you to open in a browser or do you know? There, there are some options for that. Um, you can also have that triggered based off. So there's a couple of ways to do that there. There's a shortcut. I mean, there are some options for if you hold down a key while you're doing a mouse click, not sure you can make that work with voiceover. I hadn't tried it. There's also options for triggering that to come up, let's say only in specific apps. So let's say when you click a mail link, maybe you want to, uh-huh. you know, have it pop up. But when you click a link in say mindstream or something you don't want it to pop up you know you always want those to go to google or something yes Uh, i mean go to chrome or something so those are some options there uh also there's a share sheet option for uh opening you do have to go enable it i think in in system preferences or system settings if you're on ventura uh but there's an option there too so that's another way to get it to come up just uh vo shift m on the link and go down to share and uh or yeah share or quick look can you quick look a link i don't remember now uh but go down to share and open in and it'll pop that up yeah i i've i'm actually still operating mostly in the mode that you're using right now because another side effect of that too is if you click a link in an email it will show you the full link in in uh open in uh mm-hmm. on that screen you also have an option to copy right there uh from from uh open it if you just hit command c it'll copy the link we shouldn't talk about mindstream right open it and then start going through email (laughs) (laughs) so on that note we have a couple of things to come back and report on as we said um stay subscribed and we will see you we'll let you know what we decide to use for show notes and for keeping track of stuff we're supposed to do yeah there was two of the things we got to figure out there was something else we were going to figure out but that for right now that'll be it and when i get done (laughs) editing this podcast i'll tell demasi what the third thing was we were supposed to keep track of but stay subscribed (laughs) slash following and uh, visit your own pay.com slash tw for more information on the technically working show and tell a friend or do what allison says to do and grab their phone and subscribe them to technically working.